how quickly after uh, Pat took the Charleston job were you involved with this process? I know everybody immediately, as soon as that happened, you know, go get yeah. Coach Prosser, bring him home. Yeah, it, it doesn't necessarily work that way. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. Sure. Um, I don't know. I, you know, you don't know ever on the outside looking at how involved you are until, you know, you're actually involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, obviously it was, it's, it's for anybody, you know, having been here for six years, it was obviously attractive, you know, I think, but it was just on a national college basketball landscape, it was something that was attractive as well. So, um, you know, sometimes you want those things to be one phone call, like, hey, we love you, we want you, and, and sometimes it's going to be, <laughs> yeah. in reality, it's not probably going to work out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but no, I, I, I still feel very fortunate that, that there was an interest on both sides and um, feel very fortunate and, and very happy to be back. What did the, the time at Western Carolina teach you about yourself and about, about yeah. your coaching sure. uh, capabilities? I, I, I loved it, um, you know, and when we were enjoying, you know, our time, I think, um, you know, everybody had sort of their ups and downs last year, and, and, and we were no different, you know, mm-hmm. start out 7-2, and two and then, um, you know, before we actually had to have a pause on any, on, uh, for whatever reason, so, um, you know, it was it was a learning experience, um, you know, it was a learning experience over time, I think, and, you know, understanding patience, understanding, you know, when you, you know, implement a new system, and, um, you know, understanding positivity and how much, you know, it's just, you know, whether it's now, whether it was then, whether it's at Brevard, and, and we have guys that, you know, as you develop new systems, as you implement new systems, it takes time. And celebrating the things we're doing well, as opposed to, you know, what we do as coaches all the time is focus on the things that we're not doing well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you have a choice. You can be negative or you, and, or you can be positive and celebrate the things that you're doing well and then, you know, address the other things later. Um, and so I think that was part of it. And, and, you know, certainly what did I learn? I learned the Southern Conference is really, really good at basketball. Yeah. <laughs> I think our three years there were the best three years in, in the history of the league as far as net was concerned. And, um, but uh, but no, I had a, you know, we all did. We had a great time there. And, um, you know, it would have taken a, a very, very unique opportunity for us to have an interest in, in, in changing um, changing jobs. And, and obviously, you know, this was one of those. You inherited a ton of talent from Pat when you came in. But, of course, you, you brought in some of your own guys, too. Having, you know, some of the guys that transferred in from your program, bringing in, uh, you know, Cam, Whiteside, and a lot of these other really talented kids how big of an advantage is it to not only have the talent that you had coming back but have a guy like Corey who played in this league knows this league and did really well in this league yeah absolutely I think um, you know I think that was the thing that we really wanted to identify in in recruiting is guys that had a body of work um, and a body of work at the collegiate level you know and you know we don't have a true freshman on our roster Um, we have several guys that, that you know and I think last year was a unique year, you know, for if you were a freshman last year, you didn't even get to really see college basketball with, you know, bands and cheerleaders and, sta- and people in the stands and people yelling at you on the road. And, yep. um, so it's still going to be a, a learning process for them to, you know, to see some of those true rivalry games. Um, so we'll still have some guys, that, whether it's, you know, Sincere who came with us from Western, who was in his first year, some of the guys that were true freshmen last year at Winthrop, it's still going to be a learning process for them a little bit. Um, but really with the guys that we have back and, and all the underclassmen in our program came back and um, you know and there's just a, a an understanding and expectation level of competing for a championship of winning um, and how that sort of blends with some of the new guys that we have that, that came in whether it be you know a guy like Corey a guy like Sincere came with us from Western or you know guys like Drew Bugs that's been around for, for a long time and, and played in the NCAA tournament last year as well and a guy like Patrick Good that was part of a historically good East Tennessee State team that unfortunately didn't get to play in the NCAA tournament that 
that year. They beat us in the semis. I'm still mad at Patrick about it, but but <laughs> he didn't have a chance to play. So his motivation level is very high because he wants to play in the NCAA tournament. Even though you know, I thought they had a team in East Tennessee that could have gone and won a game or two, but um, you know, obviously that that for, through no fault of anybody's, but that opportunity was taken away from them. So um, it's still a very hungry group. It's still a very it's, it's a group that um, because nobody's necessarily brand new to college basketball that I think our learning curve is maybe a little bit smaller maybe different terminology but they've been taught it in a different way and those guys come from really good programs and, and I don't know about the guys coming from Western uh, that coaching staff might not have known what they were talking about but the <laughs> other guys certainly when you're coming from a place like East Tennessee or Missouri or um, you know those guys those guys do really really a good job where they are so um, so we've been fortunate with that and obviously the guys that have been around at Winthrop are, are, are you know it wasn't exactly broken when you're 23 and 2 there's nothing for us to really fix um, we're just trying not to mess it up a couple guys to talk about specifically Drew being one of them a, a guy who has a history of being a facilitator and, and really having great court vision and setting guys up for, for shots when you when you bring somebody like that in not only in terms of how he benefits your offense but how he benefits a guy like Sincere who's yeah. you know coming with and coming over and still kind of young yeah you know how's it been with his integrating into the offense and with people like Sincere getting to see how he operates. Yeah, yeah he's, uh, he's a very unique talent. I mean, Drew's got a very, very, he's got a vision um, and the ability to read that is very unique. It's a hard thing to, it's a hard thing to develop, sort of, you know, you can teach reads, you know, if you see this, you can see that. It's like, sort of like being a quarterback where you have that sort of natural, when things happen, you sort of have that vision. Um, Drew has a very, very, you, <laughs> Um, but yeah, Drew, Drew has a unique skill set that, you know, when you have a post player like D.J. Burns, when you have guys that can shoot the basketball like, like Josh Corbin and, 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 you know, a Sarah McMahon and a Patrick Wood, um, you know, it's, it's sort of when you're out there, you know, you know that there's somebody that's, if I'm open, he's going to find me. That's, there's a comfort level and, and, and an enjoyment that comes with that. And, um, you know, he's the type of guy you want to play with. Josh is another interesting story because he, he looked, as soon as the season was over, he looked as though he, he might leave. Right. And what was the recruiting process like talking yeah. to him yeah. once, once you came in and really sure. kind of uh, reassuring him of his role in the, yeah. in the program? Yeah, you know, when we got when we got to Winthrop, he was in the transfer portal, I believe, if I remember correctly. There was a little, believe me, if I don't, there was a lot going on at that time. Yeah. But I think Josh was in the portal when um, we got back. So it was... It was like anything else. It was like, you know, going and recruiting a kid brand new, you know, and making those first phone calls and that first, um, you know, the, that first interaction and, and seeing if it fit. Um, and so, you know, and I think Josh had been in the portal for a little while. I think, you know, he was further along maybe with some other schools. Um, you know, but I think, again, you know, I think naive, all of us coaches are naive enough to think it, it was us or it was something we did. But, you know, I think he had a great, he has a great experience at Winthrop. I think, you know, it's, it's a great place to be. I think he's having a student athlete experience that's, that's really, really done at a high level. So um, we were able to highlight that and the things that, uh, that, that hopefully, you know, were, were things that were good for him and, um, and just you know, explain who we were and explain, you know, and get to know him over the course of time about how we played and hopefully what he could be excited about. And, um, you know, we're very, very, very excited that he decided to uh, to come back to us. Everybody knows how talented DJ is. That's that's really you know a conversation that doesn't need to be had. But right. in terms of his, um, I guess physicality this year, he seems to be in a lot better shape. He seems to be a lot more confident. You know, yeah. getting away from the basket, not just yeah. going to the basket. How's he? changed as a player from last year to this year yeah I think you know I think first and foremost he's been very very intentional about 
understanding the things you talked about, about his, his body and, and his conditioning level. Um, you know, I think that he has aspirations of playing at the highest level in the NBA. And if you have that, um, you know, obviously you need to work at a level consistent with that. And I think he's understanding what that means. And he's a wonderful kid. You know, if you have some time, I know you have. Like, yeah. get, DJ's just the type of kid you want to be around. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's just a wonderful person. His family's the same way. So, um, you know, it, it, he's going to do things the right way. And there's a lot of pressure, right? When you're sort of the face of the program to the preseason player of the year, but you're also playing in the town that you grew up in, like that that's hard. And some guys some guys don't handle that well and he, he does and um, you know and certainly on the court we're gonna rely on him to continue to make those strides. Um, but you know it, it's hard. I think you know it's hard to officiate guys with size. It's hard to officiate um, you know guys that that, that thrive on contact sometimes and, and are gonna play through contact just um, just because of their physique. So his understanding of how to play off contact, how to counter off contact, how to make plays around the rim. Because um, everybody's going to flop. Everybody's going to do it, you know, because it's, there's not a lot of ways to defend them. So, um, you know, he's been very, very intentional with that. Hopefully our staff has been in continuing the work that they've done um, to make him the player that he was. And certainly, hopefully, we're helping him become the player that he is. But he's going to do all that work. He's working really hard at it. One of the things you see with a guy like that, you talked about, you know, being tough to officiate. A lot of times you'll see a, a defender come off their guy and just slide down under the basket, not looking to defend, but just looking to, you know, as, as Mike Sutton, coach of Tennessee Tech, said, you cover your nuts and take a charge. <laughs> I mean, it, you, you kind of see that with, with guys of that size because sure. they don't really know how to contest at the basket with a guy like that. How sure. do you both make him aware of that and change him from, say, an 18-, 19-minute-a-game play, player yeah. into a 28-29 minute game? Yeah, we're hoping it's more of the latter than the former. Yes. Um, because he does have the ability to be so impactful, really at both ends of the floor. Um, you know, I think that the thing that you can do is understand, and, and, and we have developing and still have great relationships with our, um, you know, our, our head of officials and, and having those conversations of understanding, all right, this is what you see, and this is how it's going to be officiated. Um, instead of getting frustrated with it, just trying to become educated on it, and um, watching film and, and being, like I said before, being intentional in what we're seeing and how to, um, you know, how not to get frustrated when things happen. How can I do it instead of saying, hey, this is just, you know, whatever. Like, we, we have to make make sure we're finding a way to make it more successful, make it more efficient. And I think he knows that. I think we know that. And, uh, he's done a really good job with it, you know, in the off season. Hopefully, uh, you know, he said, hopefully he can stay out there for extended periods of time. We, we're certainly, I think, probably uh, a better team when he's out there. Another guy that was in the rotation last year and got hurt and really kind of just disappeared from a lot of people's conscience was Tanari Lane. And what are you seeing from him this year in terms yeah. of his recovery and his, yeah. his uh, you know, working back in the rotation? Yeah, he's, uh, he's a young man that has great size um, and a great ability to shoot the basketball. And, um, you know, he's he's got the, the ability to come into a game and impact it very, very quickly, um, certainly with, with scoring the ball. So, um, you know, again, Tenari was, a, 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 being a first-year player last year, it's a little bit different. It's, that the systematic type things are a little bit different that we're doing than maybe it was last year. Um, so for all those guys, and really for everybody, it's sort of a learning process as well. But um, you know, he's certainly been out there. He's certainly had days. And several people today have said, you know, who is, you know, who's really standing out? Who's been, you know, the guy that, you know, really genuinely. It could have been somebody different every day. I think we have a you know a somewhat deep and talented roster, and so um, he's had his days where it's been him, 100. Um, so they're they're working through that. All those guys that uh, they're competing for for, for spots, um, you know. But he's certainly performed very well since he's been back cleared. One of the things that, that Pat did last year was he had kind of these you know line changes where he would bring in four or five new guys at a time, and that's good for you know keeping a team fresh, especially in the stretch. But sure. it's also kind of 
um, tougher continuity. Sure. How, how do you get all of this talent on the floor and keep them all happy and you know kind of keep consistency and rotations? Yeah, I think you know one of the things that, that that helped with that so much is that I think everybody across the board had an understanding of what was most important, right? I think everybody understood that it was about winning that particular game, and um, you know, and. and taking it in the moment of saying all right in this 40 minutes we're going to do what you know what's best and um and they did that to the tune of 23 and 2 so when it, when you're winning it's easy if you're if you're not winning you know guys might start looking at you in a different kind of way but yeah. um but certainly you know we do i think you know we have a talented group i think um you know i'd rather have it be that way than, than trying to figure out who's going to play i think you know the conversation of who's not going to play is a little is a little bit better yeah. um you know and we haven't had that yet right we haven't had the opportunity to, to play somebody else and um you know and it's going to work itself out like those guys on a day-to-day -day basis um, you know they're competing and, and you know if, if, if for whatever reason I feel like there's somebody that's ahead of me like I'm going to come in every day and try to try to take his minutes and I think when you have that it makes your team stronger it makes your team better so we want that competition so we haven't done anything as far as you know starting group or anything like that I don't even know who it would be um, but uh, but we're gonna have to make those decisions pretty soon and the comforting thing is that those guys are making that decision for us on a day-to-day -day basis you also have two elite defenders in Chase and Mike guys yeah. guys that really help set the tone defensively sure. how have they helped guys buy into to you know defending and, and consistently yeah, I mean, playing at that level. It's, 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 it's amazing. Just Those guys can do it just out of, you know, some guys do it with what they say, some guys do it with what they do. I mean, they're, you know, leaders by example when it comes to that. I mean, you can't, it, it's difficult. We, we do breakdown drills and literally we were talking about as the staff in the last couple of days, like sometimes when they're, like, the guys are guarding, like have trouble getting a shot off and they're, they're so motivated and it's such a nice, it's such a nice thing to be around is when you have guys in a group that's genuinely angry when people score, you know, when, when, you know, when you're going up and down in a segment and somebody's on pace to score, because I think we have some guys that can score the basketball as well. Yeah. Uh, when they start to show their offensive prowess, people are angry. Like, that's fun. That's that's great to be around. Like, they, they care. Um, and so it's, it's in those two guys, and, and other guys are, I think, working with that. I think other guys are going into that role. I think Russ Jones is a guy that, that really takes that role very seriously. And he's got the ability to pressure in the full court um, and, and in the half court as well. And, um, you know, we'll be able to have that sort of mentality, I think, defensively. And a lot of it is because of those two guys and how they, the effort they give at that end of the floor. Pat would always bristle whenever I asked him about comparisons between Russ and Keon Johnson. Um, obviously, the, the size is whatever it is. But I think in terms of mentality, there's a lot of similarity in sure. both of those guys. Yeah, yeah, Do you yeah. see that? Yeah, I think. I mean, neither one of them are going to back down from anybody. Yeah. Um, I think both of them can score the basketball at a really, really high level. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, but they're they're both very good players. I think yeah, obviously they had a lot to overcome to get to where they're going um, or to get to where they are. And, and both have been very successful collegiate careers. Um, you know, Russ is still, you know, and, and got a couple years left. And so um, he's still continuing that progress and that journey. Obviously, Keon is the all-time leading scorer in the history of the school. So it's hard to compare anybody to him. Yep. <laughs> it's probably not fair to anybody else. Um, but you're right, mentality-wise, they're, they're, they're very, very competitive. And like I said, they're not going to back down, you know, from any challenge. And, and Russ is very much like that, too. Back on Chase for a minute. Please. When you look at... Uh, a couple years ago in the championship, he basically locked down Jermaine Merrow from Hampton, and that's you know the, the league's leading scorer, or top two yeah. guy his entire time there, and just you know an elite player. Yeah. And you look at a guy who's six seven and can step out on the wing and, and defend a guy like that and stay with him. Yeah. When you have a guy who can defend one through five like that and, and do so adeptly against anybody, how big of an advantage is that for what yes, you're looking to do? It, what he can do with defense on the floor is, is uncanny. 
Um, he does. He 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 impacts games at such a high level. His his motor is 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 on level ten all the time. And, um, it is. He separates himself because of that. And, and you know, again, he does. It's. It's nice it, to put him in a matchup where, you know, sometimes, a lot of times in practice, like, he might be the best matchup on DJ, but he also might be the best matchup on Drew Bugs. And that's very unique. You don't have that a lot. I don't know yeah. that I've been around a player like that before, um, but that's what makes him so special. And uh, again, like all of them, he's a wonderful kid too. And just, you know, just wants to do whatever is needed to win in that moment. Um, so I don't think he cares who he's guarding. He's, he doesn't back down at all either. You've got an impressive schedule. You're going to you know places like Washington State and Vanderbilt and places like that. But you're all, you've also have teams like Mercer and Furman coming to the Coliseum. When when you try to I guess kind of build an environment in the Coliseum, there's there's been a lot of talk about people not coming out or whatever else. But when you start bringing bringing in teams like Mercer and Furman, and of course you know the the I guess kind of homecoming for Matt uh, with Mary Baldwin and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot to draw people in. Yeah. When when you start putting teams like that on your schedule at home, how big of an advantage is that to get people from Rock Hill kind of bought in to, to come out and buy tickets and see, and see you guys? Play? Yeah, I hope that I hope that people recognize that there's there's an intentionality to it, right? There's you know whether it's you know Griggsy and it's it's a cool really really cool thing and you know he did such a great job for us. You take care of the people that take care of you. Yeah. Um, just a wonderful person, a really good basketball coach. And, um, you know, hopefully people recognize what a good what a good opponent, what a good challenge the Mercer game will be. And I think people understand the Furman game as well. Obviously, two teams that we're very familiar with from playing in the Southern Conference, which again is one of the best major conferences in the country. Um, you know, but it's it's still hard for playing the NCAA tournament last year. We're going down to Coastal. Elon's going to be picked highly, I think, in the Colonial. So, um, you know, I'm sure there's other ones that, that I just don't want to talk about that I'm missing uh, in that group as well. So it's it's a challenging schedule and. and you know, but again, you know, you look around this room and, and, you know, there's talented teams. There's really good basketball coaches in this room. So everything we do in November and December is leading us up to that point of both January and February and what's important. And, you know, more often than not, probably, you know, I don't know, you know, maybe last year, maybe a uh, two-bid league, but typically going to be a one-bid league, you know. And so, um, you know, whatever we do leading up to that point is very important. So uh, we're going to try to challenge ourselves home and away. You know, we're going to go to the Pacific Northwest for a little while and then play a couple games. But, um, you know, hopefully it's a great experience for our kids and, and really all of us. Um, and again, you know, we want to make sure we're preparing the right way and, and challenge ourselves on a, on a Power 5 level, on a national level, and we'll see how we stack up. What was the reaction from the team? I mean, I know obviously when you talk about guys want to play Power 5 schools and they want to play at these tradition-rich programs, when you present to them, yeah, we're going to Nashville, we're going to play Vanderbilt, we're also going to play Middle Tennessee over there, we're playing Washington State, we're playing right. you know, in, in Mississippi and going to all these other places, what's what's their reaction to stuff like that? Yeah, I think our kids are, I, think I said it before, they have, a, they have a high motivation level. They're hungry and they look forward to those matchups. And, and, you know, they're difficult, right? They're difficult for a reason. And, um, you know, they're hard to win for a variety of reasons but you know that's where we want to engage ourselves we engage ourselves again when you get to a point where you are you know in a, in a program like ours you know that I think you know when I don't say this you know to be cocky or, or I don't want it to sound in any way but you know that's sort of on a national level I think people know the name Winthrop and in, 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 in college basketball circles so um, you know when you have that you want to try to compete against the best of the country you want to try to compete with quote-unquote higher level schools and um, you know our guys look forward to that and they, they like that challenge and um, and so you know we'll, we'll still continue to be the same as we always have been the same we were with coach Kells we'll 
play the next game on our schedule and to be the most important one. Yeah. Um, but there's a bunch of them on that schedule that are really difficult, so <laughs> so we'll see. How much of a problem can it be to have DJ and Corey on the floor at the same time for opposing teams? I mean, you don't obviously see two guys that are that skilled on yeah. both ends like that. Yeah, uh, hopefully it's really difficult. Yeah. Um, but no, they're both they're both very uniquely talented kids and um, highly competitive kids and, and really actually a lot of fun to be around. They're both, if you spend any time with Corey, I know you have with DJ, like yeah. great personality and both, you know, really difficult to play against. And if you're a fan of another team, maybe you don't, but if you get to know them, they're wonderful kids. And so um, they complement each other really, really well. Um, I think they can both attack you in different ways. Um, and they're developing that rapport between the two of them playing together uh, that, uh, that I think is, is a scary proposition to prepare for. And finally, I'll, I'll ask you the same thing I've asked of pretty much everybody in the same place. Um, when you walk out of this building, do you spend any time at all thinking about the preseason rankings? Does it even cross your mind? You know, I think we'll, I mean, our kids will know, right? They didn't know before. They'll yeah. know after this. Um, you know, DJ will obviously know that he's the preseason player of the year. Sure. I think you're, you're naive to think that, that, that it's not going to be something that, you know, that they'll know about and it's all great, but, you know, nobody, they're not giving any trophies for the preseason stuff. They're the things that people remember uh, is what happens in the postseason. Mm-hmm. So um, it'll be something that we'll enjoy for, uh, you know, we actually don't have practice today. Um, that we'll enjoy probably for today. We won't even see our kids um, and they can enjoy on their own and then uh, it'll never come up again. <laughs>